Hello, everyone, and welcome to Best Thoughts. I'm Will Johns. And I'm Rick Johns. And I am taller. <laughs> uh, yes. uh, that's a poke at his Facebook post in which our picture, if you look at the podcast picture, what's going on there is he does look taller in the picture, but it's because I'm standing closer to the ocean where the sand is slanting down. That's the only reason. I just wanted to clarify because I think it, it misrepresents. Uh, actually, I'm not taller, but I'm not shorter, I think. I think we should just leave it at a tie. <laughs> Only the person who's shorter would agree to a tie. So we'll just, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Uh, I might grant you that you look even shorter because of the sand slanting down. So well, I, I got a little got a little boost there, probably. <laughs> now, now you guys are going to go look at our photo one, once again to see what we're talking about. It's a big controversy all over. The, it's going viral. It's all over the internet. So I had to respond. And I just, you heard the truth here. You know, fake, fake news tends to travel fast on the internet. So, what are, uh, what are we actually talking about today, Will? Yeah. So, so we are continuing today the book, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Uh, this is an incredible book. We are loving it, and today we're on guidepost number four, cultivating gratitude and joy, letting go of scarcity and fear of the dark. Mm, that sounds great. You know, when I was reading this chapter, I was thinking, who doesn't want gratitude and joy? And what I appreciated about Brene was helping us understand the obstacles you know, that scarcity, the fear of the dark that she references, the things that get in the way, because I think every human, like it's different than the other topics. I don't think every human wants to be authentic. I think some people are scared to death of being authentic. Mm -hmm. But I think if you asked anyone on the street, hey, do you want to be more joyful? Do you want to have more joy? Do you want to have more gratitude? I think everybody does. So we'll, maybe we should start there. Why in the world do we not have it? If we all want it, why not just choose it and have it? Yeah, that's it. That is a great place for us to start today because uh, I, I agree. I think we all want it. I don't think I've ever met a single human being that didn't want gratitude, at least um, at some level. And, and so how come, how come we can't do it? Uh, there, there are many reasons. And uh, in the research that I did on this topic for a couple of years, uh, I ended up finding several barriers to gratitude. And the most surprising one was um, the vulnerability of joy. Mm. And, and this is something that um, Brene Brown points out in this chapter. And in fact, I discovered that principle from her in my research and, and it just means that when we feel joy, there's a vulnerability that we feel uh, in conjunction with that. And that vulnerability is tied to this, this terrible thought that goes with it, which is, what if I lose this? Mm, yeah. So, so, so I'm loving this thing, but what if, I, what if I now lose it? Yeah. And Brene tells this great story, which I think is such a quintessential illustration of that vulnerability. And she talks about when she had her children and 
you know, kind of as that parent going in at night to tuck them in and maybe finding them asleep. And she said, I would just stare at my child and I just have these feelings wash over me of gratitude and joy and looking at this beautiful creation, this beautiful part of yourself that you you love more than words can describe. And then the minute she's starting to feel all that warmth and joy and gratitude and just uh, almost mystical kind of feeling, she says, all of a sudden this fear just paralyzes her thinking, what if something happens to this child? What if something happens to my daughter? What mm. do you think about that, Will? That's Yeah, yes. And, and, and she goes on to say, you know, that she finally got up the courage to share that story with a group of parents. And uh, I think it was like 500 parents in a room and she shares the story and it just, everything goes dead silent. You could hear a pin drop. And at first she's thinking, man, everyone just thinks I'm crazy. I must be the only one thinking this. Then she said like a woman in the back starts sobbing. She's like, that happens to me all the time. And, and then other people start testifying and and the whole room kind of comes to life as everyone realizes, oh, thank goodness, I'm not the only one mm. that does this. Yeah. And, and the research shows um, we all do this. So, so this is not an unusual thing. You're not crazy if you're enjoying a feeling of gratitude, a feeling of joy, and then all of a sudden a terrible thought interrupts that of some sort of worst case scenario or some sort of uh, sense of losing whatever it is that you were grateful for. Yeah, it's amazing how our minds, when it comes to fear, go from zero to 60 in like one second, right? Like, mm. like our minds yes. are better than any Tesla or any other car <laughs> at yes. doing that zero to 60. Um, you know, the minute I start to have a, a worry about finances, my mind goes straight to, and then I'm going to be bankrupt and homeless and living in a cardboard box <laughs> and my wife's going to leave me and my kids won't have, you know, food on the table. I'll be and, living in a van uh, down <laughs> by the river. Down by the river. <laughs> like it's all happening because I got this unexpected bill this month. And yeah, I, I got a bill over. for an extra hundred dollars. Yeah, and yeah. And now I'm bankrupt. Yeah. So. We <laughs> ate too much at the restaurant tonight. Now it's forever. I've gone over budget. I'm done. I can't believe it. Oh, man. I took my wife to Tiffany's and she wanted something. Now I'm ruined. <laughs> that's, a, that's a personal joke for someone. I won't mention anybody's name, but someone may have been at Tiffany's the other night buying something. Well, you know, what you're, what you're really getting at there, Rick, is it's, it's the defense mechanism for our brain that our brain uses. Um, and it's like we think... If I prepare for a worst case scenario, then I'll be ready for it. Yeah. The, the thing that's not worth it at all with this strategy is that we end up going through emotionally, we feel all of these worst case scenarios that never happen. Right. <laughs> and we kind of justify it by saying, well, maybe if I hadn't prepared for it, it would have happened. Right. But that's <laughs> not true either. And so we waste a lot of energy on negative yeah. feelings and, and going through a whole lot of pain that we really don't need to go through. Yeah, and we... uh, I love the Mark Twain quote. I'm, I'm not going to get this exact, um, but he says, I've been through many trials and tribulations in my life, 
most of which never came to pass. <laughs> That's an awesome quote. That is so human nature. And tell me, tell me what are some of the other obstacles? So we know that when we're trying to be grateful and trying to experience joy, we have that increased vulnerability and that the fears that come up like, oh, I better not enjoy this too much, or I, I don't want to get too attached to this, or you know, something bad can happen. What, what else are obstacles? So, so I think um, there's a couple other obstacles, and then we need to, to kind of get into you know, how we move past this. Yeah. But one of them is entitlement. Um, we fail to be grateful by just not noticing. So we think we deserve all of the blessings in our lives, that we've earned them, and over time, we just take it for granted. Mm. So, so entitlement's something that also gets in the way where, um, you know, just think about drinking clean water, mm. okay? I, I'm guessing most everyone takes that for granted. Mm. Uh, probably everyone that's listening to this podcast probably takes that for granted, because you just expect it. Uh, or like recently, uh, having electricity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those who, people in Texas are not taking that for granted, probably at this moment. But, um, but we do every day. We flip the switch, everything comes on, just expect it. Yeah. We get angry when, we, when it doesn't come on. <laughs> yeah. When we don't have it, uh, your car's starting. You just take that for granted. My yeah. car is going to work. And it does 99.9% .9 of the time. And then when it doesn't, I get angry, frustrated. But I never experience gratitude the whole time that it works. So th those are some examples of how entitlement can, can kind yeah. of rob us of gratitude. And that's fascinating because, to your point, we, we don't experience the good emotions with it but we'll experience the negative ones. If it yes. doesn't work, oh, how come it doesn't work? Oh, my day is ruined. And yet we don't even ever think about it when it is working. So there's no positive value coming in, but there's yes. all this potential for negative. So I think that entitlement thing is really powerful. Isn't that kind of the definition of ingratitude? Like just, yes. you know, when we talk about someone who's ungrateful, we're usually referring to someone who we see that some blessings have come their way or something good has happened for them or they've got this great job but they're always complaining about it or they you know they've got uh, awesome this or an awesome that or you know whatever it is and then we just say but they're so ungrateful all they do is complain even though they have this good life and they live in the gated community and <laughs> yeah yeah i mean really you could almost go so far as to say that entitlement is the opposite of gratitude mm. And, and then the other thing that's at play there is what I like to call the law of contrast, um, but it's also technically referred to as the law of habituation, which basically says that over time, we get used to the blessings that we have on a daily basis, yeah, and then only feel natural gratitude for things that exceed that level. Yeah. And so I take all of the current blessings that happen to me every day for granted and only get excited if something else goes a little bit above and beyond that uh, or, or grateful, naturally grateful. And, and so what happens is um, we have to practice gratitude 
to learn how to uh, focus and be grateful on the things that we have every day. You know, I want to interrupt. Before we get to the focusing on the gratitude, it occurs to me that most of the joys in my life, as you were talking, it really hit me, most of the things that make me happy, and maybe there's a difference between happiness and joy, but most of the joys in my life are when I get something that I didn't have. You know, when I, mm-hmm. I work for something and I finally get whatever I'm working towards or I accomplish or I finish something or, you know, we've always wanted to have, you know, the Cuisinart uh, air fryer and we got it the other day and yay, uh, now look what we can fry in our air fryer and we get a little bit of joy of that, but I'm sure in a couple of weeks we'll be done with it and not even care that we have it. Yeah. So this this mental, maybe you can help me understand that a little more or tell me if I'm off track, but it just seems to me most of my joys are related and connected to getting something I didn't have before. So there's always like, I'm always kind of trying to get something more and something new. Yeah. And that, I mean, basically you're describing materialism to a T, you know, because we live in a materialistic culture and we do get a spark of joy when we buy something new. And because that thing is not already habituated in to what we expect in our life. So when you get the new air fryer, you're excited because you didn't have that before. Hmm. And, and so that's what keeps us buying more and more and more stuff. However, and, and I like to, to say this to people who might be struggling financially, gratitude um, will save you a ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> Because if you could appreciate all of the stuff you already have, you'll feel less compulsion to go buy something else. Hmm. And, and so gratitude leads to contentment with what we have. All right. And, and that's also a fear, though, for people. Some people are afraid of gratitude because they say, I don't want to be content with the job I have. I'm trying to go out there and get a new one. Hmm. And that's okay. Just being grateful for what you have doesn't mean you can't make a change doesn't mean you can't buy something new it just means that you have more joy in your life for what you have you're going to feel like there's more abundance in your life so there's there's no there's no downside to gratitude um in my mind yeah and it will give you more energy to accomplish those goals you can still have goals and still strive but now you're doing it with positive energy instead of negative energy Yes. Oh, my job is so terrible. I got to find another one and da, da, da. I think that's a a huge point. Yeah. Um, But let me me mention one more barrier to gratitude, Rick. And that is uh, something that I felt as I started to research this subject for the first time. I was afraid that what I was going to find out was that gratitude, to practice gratitude meant I have to put a fake smile on my face and cover over any sadness, any pain, any hurt, and and just pretend it's all fine, mm. even when it isn't. Mm. Yeah. And 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 so you know when I when I started to do the research, thankfully you know what I what I came across was that that is absolutely not the case. Uh, and and so you know in, in in my book, everything is better than you think. Uh, I have an entire chapter on gratitude and pain Hmm. and how those two actually relate to each other. 
And, and the short version is this. We can and should acknowledge and feel the pain that is in our life. Um, so if I'm feeling sad, I need to acknowledge that sadness. I need to feel it. We talked a lot about that uh, in our last episode on resilience, on going through the tunnel yeah. instead of uh, trying to escape the pain. <laughs> but, but then here's the benefit of gratitude if you're going through a hard time in your life. The benefit is gratitude gives you the choice as to what to focus on. Yeah. Without the intentional practice of gratitude, your mind will automatically focus on your pain. Yeah. It will automatically focus on the problems in your life. Yeah. And and so gratitude gives you a choice as to what you get to focus on. Right. And that's a power that we all have. And it's a power I think we forget that we have. And that's why gratitude is so so powerful and empowering <laughs> because we do have a choice as to what we think about and where we turn our focus and where we, uh, you know, what, what we put in our mind, what we think about. And it's not to dismiss those negative feelings. And I love that you said that. And obviously, if that was what it was, then we're trashing everything we've said in the first three episodes because authenticity, self-compassion, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, resiliency, all are about acknowledging when times are tough, the negative emotions, as, as we call them, although they probably aren't really negative, they're just emotions. And when we have anger, disappointment, frustration, we need to acknowledge those. We need to pay attention to what they're trying to tell us but we don't have to dwell in them. We don't have to let them run our lives. I remember yes. hearing a researcher uh, talking, I think it was on NPR or something, and she was doing research on our thinking. And she found that we spend far more time thinking about the negative experiences, just like you're saying, Will, and I know you saw this in your data. Our brains are naturally geared to remember the things that hurt, that are negative, frustrating, way more than the things that are positive. Mm. And she said at the conclusion, this researcher said, after doing all this study on our thinking and our minds, she said, it seems that when, I, when it comes to negative experiences and emotions, our minds are like Velcro. And I brought some Velcro here for Lori. Ha, ah, special effect. Right here. Oh, no. <laughs> that was a live special effect. Now he's doing it live. It. He's not even waiting till after <laughs> the podcast is over. <laughs> Velcro, our minds, our minds are like this, Lori. Velcro. And the irony of that illustration is that I am doing that because I remember Lori's critique of my special effects <laughs> way more than I remember anything positive Lori has said about me. <laughs> So <laughs> I am a living proof <laughs> by the fact that I brought some Velcro with me for this podcast just to do that. Uh, but that is so true. Uh, I think we all struggle with that. You know, you can get a thousand positive emails and then that one bad email is the one you stew over, you think about, you tell everyone about, can you believe they sent me that and they said this and, and then you write five drafts of how you're going to respond and the positive ones you've completely forgotten. Yeah, they, they, I think I saw in that same study that they said, you know, the, the positive th thoughts are like Teflon in our mm. minds. Like, like they just seem to slip right on out again. Yeah. And, 
And then I heard that in order to really um, remember the positive thought or the positive feeling, we need to dwell on it for at least 15 seconds. And, and that may not seem like a long time, um, but it's longer than it normally is. You That's know, so 15 times more than we usually do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it kind of comes in and out in about a second. So to savor a good feeling so that you could remember it even later is what the gratitude practice is, is all about. And, and that's something that, that Brene Brown brings out in this chapter where she said the word that kept coming up over and over and over was practice. Mm. That, that people would say, I practice gratitude rather than I'm naturally grateful. Mm. And, and that's what I found in my, my research is that ultimately gratitude is kind of a discipline that we begin to form in our life it's something that we do because we know it's good for us yeah uh, it's kind of like exercise in that way where we just do it and then over time we get into the habit of it and and then we reap all the benefits that go with it and, and so I, I tell people all the time you don't have to have studied gratitude for three years like i did to to benefit from it if you just do it you will benefit from it even more than me, and I know all the ins and outs of it. You don't have to know all the ins and outs. All you need to do is practice it, hmm. and you'll get the benefit just like exercise. Well, Will, since you have studied it, and it was the foundation for your thesis, for your doctorate, can you talk personally, because I've seen a change in you since you did that study, and just what things did you try to practice or what was effective in your own personal life uh, from, from this concept of gratitude? I think, I think the thing that really set me free the most after I grasped um, the concept of gratitude was the empowering thought that I have the freedom to choose what to focus on. And, and, and I want to go back to a story that I shared earlier, and this one's for you, Sam, one of our, our listeners. He loved the story of me yelling at my kids. Uh, <laughs> Who didn't? I don't, I don't know what you, that says about you, Sam, for, <laughs> for liking that story. <laughs> I'm with him. That was my favorite story, too. That was great. So, so after that, that trip, I'll still, I'll still never forget this moment. I'm reflecting back on the trip, and guess what I'm doing, Rick? Just like you said, what's the Velcro that's sticking in my head? The yelling at the kids. Yeah. And I'm feeling awful, like terrible. And I'm reflecting on this trip. This is days later. The trip is over. That incident is long uh, behind me. But I, I'm, I'm sitting in my office, and I'm meditating on this trip. I'm feeling awful because I'm like, I can't believe I yelled at my kids like that. Ugh, it was terrible. And then this thought comes in. And the thought is, hold on a second. There's a lot more that happened on that trip than just that moment. And all of a sudden, all of these moments come into, my, on, into mind. I rode a Ferris wheel with my daughter. We had a lot of fun. It's a bonding moment. I went on a hike with my family, the beautiful Smoky Mountains. It was gorgeous. We were talking. We were laughing. We had fun together. 
on this trip, I actually taught a gratitude seminar. <laughs> you would think that would have reminded me enough to practice it. And, and it kind of did in this moment. And I, and I enjoyed that. And people were, were blessed by that. And, and I start thinking about the whole trip. And suddenly, guess what? I'm feeling better and better and better. And I get done thinking about all the good that was on this trip. And I feel like a new person. Mm. I feel energized. I'm excited. And of course, I'm full of joy and gratitude because God had given me an incredible blessing in this, in this trip. And my mind wanted to pick the, the one sliver, you know, the two minutes of the entire four days, <laughs> that was my low point yeah. to focus on. And so gratitude and, and understanding it gave me the freedom to focus on everything that happened. Yeah. And, and that really, um, that's really what this is all about. If you're going through a hard time and, and, and going through pain and sadness is gratitude just helps you expand what you're looking at in your life. So sure, the pain is there. Sure, the tough times are there. But there's also some good things going on in your life as well. And gratitude gives you that opportunity to take a moment and focus on that. Yeah, that is so powerful. Um, I think that's just that's just the core secret that kind of keeps coming back through all these podcasts and just these topics. Our ability to choose what we focus on, to choose even what I heard from you is choosing the story that mm -hmm. you tell yourself. Yes. And I think for me, the practice of gratitude, uh, one of the things that I've tried to put into practice is when I get into bed at night to try to think of something about that day that I'm grateful for. Because invariably, I get into bed at night and my brain is, is kind of hooked on the things that were stressful that day, the mm. things that didn't go well, the... Like I said, if I got the one bad email or the, the one, you know, tricky interaction or whatever happened that was a little stressful or negative, that's the thing that's on my mind as I go to bed. And I realize I need to change that. I have a power to change that because then that hurts your sleep. And then you spend all night kind of ruminating about it and instead saying, what can I be grateful for? And I know for a lot of Christians, you know, maybe there's a, a prayer before you go to bed at night. And Lord, just thank you for today. Thank you for this today. Thank you for that today. I don't know why it helps, but it helps me sometimes to do it as a prayer uh, instead of just like telling myself. Uh, it, it feels maybe a little stronger if I'm telling God as if he didn't know or whatever. <laughs> but there's something powerful uh, for me in just recounting every day and refocusing. And what I heard from you, Will, that I want to just call everyone's attention to, to everyone who's listening. If you notice, Will, with that story, he was changing his past. You always hear from people, you cannot change your past, mm, mm. right? That I heard that a million mm. times. Well, you can't change your past, so just move on. You know what? You can change your past. You can change your past by going back and looking at these negative stories and finding out there's also positives that were happening at the same time. It's yes. all about what you focus on. You can totally rewrite your past. You it can, doesn't mean you deny it. You can change it by changing what you remember. Yes. And, and focusing your memories on other aspects. 
and 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 there's so much depth to that that we don't have time to yeah to get into today but but so many people are so critical of their childhoods for instance yeah and they forget all of the good things that happened in their childhood as well right which is not which is not truthful yes and not real we think somehow it's more real if we just kind of talk about those negative experiences and it's more fake if you just talk about the positive experiences. But that's that's not correct. If you're going to deal with reality, the reality is, like you said, for your trip, you had four days that were great and two minutes that were awful. Yes. Why define that trip by the two minutes that were awful? You may have had a good childhood except for, you know, one day or one really traumatic experience or, you know, whatever. Why define your whole childhood by that one trauma? Well, and I, I want to put this question in everyone's mind. We always ask, why do bad things happen? Yeah. But why not start asking, why do good things happen? Hmm. Where are those coming from? Yeah. And, and uh, that's, that's a great way to start your mind going in that direction. The other, the other thing I want to say, Rick, going back to your practice of, of focusing on gratitude right before you go to bed, that is a great place to start. So if you haven't started a gratitude practice, uh, start focusing your mind on gratitude right before you go to bed. If you have the discipline, write it in a journal. Writing it down makes it even more concrete. Um, but but here's the benefits. And I want to just list these super quick because I know we're, we're starting to uh, run out of time here. Um, one is you're going to sleep better. Yeah. If your mind is focused on gratitude, you will sleep better. It affects your health in many positive ways. Um, the other awesome thing about gratitude is that it increases your energy level. When your mind is focused on positive things, you're going to have more energy. So if you've noticed, man, I seem to be lethargic, I don't have a lot of energy, um, start, start paying attention. What is my mind focused on? You may be robbing yourself of a ton of energy by focusing on the negative in your life. And, and then here's the one I, I probably love the most uh, about gratitude is that gratitude uh, helps us make better decisions so that we'll have uh, more to be grateful for in the future. So hmm. it's, a, it's a beautiful, positive cycle that happens is when I focus on gratitude in the present, I feel better, I make a better decision, and now I've got more to be grateful for in reality in the future. And, and then one other thing I just have to mention, and you were getting at this, Rick, is gratitude actually helps us see reality more clearly. Hmm. Our minds are distorting reality to the negative. And when we practice gratitude, we see reality as it is a combination of both good and bad. Yeah. But our minds want us to think reality is like 95% bad with a few sh shimmers of, of light. <laughs> and that's just not the way it is. Yeah. So in the essence, gratitude is a reality correction. Uh, it <laughs> helps helps you uh, get rid of that natural bent distortion of reality that our brains have hardwired into them. Yes. Can you tell us here at the end, Will, what are some of the practices, 
what are some ideas? I mentioned just for me, it was that I need to do something right before I go to bed to reflect, to kind of re rewire my brain about my day because I found I just tended to take the one or two negative things from every day. And that just, and then I had a bad week because all I thought about was the bad days. And then you have a bad month and then you have a bad year. And so for me, it was just a little simple thing of every night before I go to bed, I want to think about some good things that happened today. What, what else could people try? Yeah, great point. First, the best practice of gratitude, very similar to exercise, is whatever you actually will do. So anything that works for you, anything that you could see yourself committing to and following through on, just do it. So, so if that's a gratitude app that reminds you to be grateful throughout the day, or if you need to set reminders in your phone, if it's a gratitude journal that's right by your bedside, so you could pull that out at night and write one thing that you're grateful for, uh, for every day or, or three things or five things. Um, if it's going on a gratitude walk where you walk and, and, and take the first five minutes of the walk to reflect on something you're grateful for or the entire walk to reflect on things that you're appreciating in your life. If it's thinking about gratitude whenever you're driving in the car, hmm. uh, so this won't cost you any time. You could think about gratitude in the shower. You could think about it at any point in your day um, where you just start to make that a habit. So whatever gets you to do it, another one that, that a lot of people like that are more extroverted, share gratitude with other people. Mm. Uh, so when you meet somebody, instead of telling them, you know, uh, the horrible experience you, you had, try to think of a positive experience to share with them, something that went well for you, mm. and, and refocus your, your tendencies and conversations. So all of these can be extremely effective gratitude practices. And, and and Rick, I just have to say, you know, you could see there's like so much more that we could say on this topic. Yeah. And, and so I think for one of our future podcast series, we've got to go through my book yeah. and dive into this deeply. <laughs> I, it doesn't surprise to me to hear you say that. Um, I do want to end with this, Will. Your book title I brought up last week, which is Everything is Better Than You Think. And I shared how when I first read the title, and I think many people reading the title will be a little stunned by it because everything is better than you think. Really? You don't know what I'm going through. How dare you, you know, kind of say that. But after we've talked today, it's become more clear to me. And I wonder if you could just kind of end on that note. Why is everything better than we think? Yes, I, I could see why some people might take offense to my title in, in certain ways because, you know, how could I possibly know that or say that? And, and it, that's just based on all the research. And, and the reason things are better than we think is because our minds naturally focus only on the negative. And so reality is actually better than what your mind is telling you reality is it's very important to begin to learn this practice uh, because you will see such a difference in, in how you feel about your life, even when none of, none of the big things in your life changing. So you could be in the same job, same marriage, same struggles, same fears, same everything, but when you begin to see also the good in your current situation, 
you're going to feel so much better about that. And so that's why I could say with, with confidence that everything really is better than what your mind naturally thinks about. Mic drop. Very good, Will. <laughs> you nailed it here at the end. It's been good to talk about this with you, and I'll look forward to doing some more podcasts in the future on gratitude. Uh, but next week, Will, what are we talking about as we go to the next chapter in Brene Brown's book? So, so um, next week, we're going to talk about guidepost number five, and this will be cultivating intuition and trusting faith, letting go of the need for certainty. Mm, that's going to be great. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that. So you've been listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Rick Johns and Dr. Will Johns. And we're the same height. And we're so glad that you've been with us. We'll talk to you again next episode. <laughs>